This is the Canna Curio Podcast by Cannabis Media, your source for cannabis and hemp license updates directly from the data vault. Don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Media newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay informed of future episodes and data releases. Welcome to the Canna Curio Podcast powered by Cannabis Media. We're your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. On today's show, we're joined by Biotrack's very own Justin Mayhow. Before we check in with Justin, let's see what Ed's learned this week from the Data Vault. Ed, what news have you have you heard of this week? Well, one of the biggest stories we've been following is West Virginia. They recently shared information on 285 medical marijuana license applications. And uh, what we found is there were 82 companies submitted the applications. So that was kind of notable. Also, only 34 of the applicants applied for only one license. So what we found after we scrambled the numbers a bit was that 11 companies accounted for 44% of the applications. Wow, that seems uh, a little skewed there. Is that kind of distribution normal? Uh, No, it's not. I mean, we've been tracking a lot of states since we began cannabis media and that definitely seems more kind of off the charts for it to be that concentrated uh the other piece that factors in there and makes it interesting is they're giving out a fair number of licenses uh, according to the regulator it's 10 growers 10 processors and 100 dispensaries allowed now it doesn't mean they're going to give them out all in this first round but that's sort of the level they can go up to and also after looking through all the license data we found that 29 companies have applied for what we'd call a full stack. So they're trying to get at least one grow license, one manufacturing license, and at least one dispensary license. So kind of interesting in that sense. Yeah, for sure. And do you you think that most states allow that kind of vertical integration? Every state's different. And in this the, the, the subject of integration and stacking is one that all states seem to come up with their own schemes. In Oklahoma, you can get whatever you want. It's $2,500 and you apply and you could get all three licenses for $7,500. Pretty good deal. When Maryland rolled out theirs, their fees were very high, but they would cut you a deal if you were trying to get more than one or two um, activities. They they had a, a different way of doing it. And here in Connecticut, where I'm based, they stacked up the grow and processor licenses together and then the dispensaries were separate. So it is kind of different. And uh, that vertical integration um, is something that sometimes people just create on their own. And that's what these 29 companies have done. A couple other things that we noticed is that uh, this is really the, the latest medical marijuana program that's coming online since Missouri. You know, we noticed that West Virginia's population is less than a third of Missouri's, yet they could approve up to 100 dispensaries. Meanwhile, Missouri is only approving 192. So it seems like they're going to have a lot of dispensaries in that small state. Yeah, no kidding. So you know, one observation is that the opioid crisis hit West Virginia pretty hard. So is this a way to sort of have you know, different medicine in place so that people are, are not uh, you know, going after opioids? One, one you know, observation we had uh, in addition, the fee revenue was not insignificant. So when the state gave us the data, they also said what the fees were for each license application. So it appears that they've collected over $6 million in fees. And 
by comparison, um, that would have gotten you 2,496 licenses in Oklahoma, um, yet only 285 uh, applications in West Virginia. So, and then, you know, finally, kind of that high concentration of applicants. Um, there were 11 companies that were responsible for 44% of the applications. That's, that's really the, the big takeaway. I think that the largest one we saw applied for about 29. And given that they're not, you know, they're giving out so many licenses, I'm sure that that company will probably walk away with, with at least a few. Yeah, it definitely seems like they'll be walking away with quite a few licenses there in West Virginia. Thanks for the update, Ed. When we come back, we'll be joined by Justin Mayhal of Biotrack. Stay tuned. Since 2010, cannabis dispensaries, cultivation facilities, and manufacturers have trusted Biotrack to securely and confidently keep them in compliance while managing their businesses. Go to Biotrack.com today for secure cannabis software solutions that you can count on. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I'm joined with Justin Mayhow, Director of Marketing at Biotrack. Justin is also one of Cannabis Media's power users. Justin, welcome to the show. So happy to have you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Thank you, Justin, for joining. Now, Justin, for our subscribers at home, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? What were you doing before you, you got into the industry, and how long have you been with Biotrack? Thank you Thank for yeah, so uh, I uh, joined Helix Technologies, the uh, parent company of Biotrack, back in uh, July of last year. Uh, but from what I understand in the cannabis industry, it uh, works like dog years. So I uh, consider myself uh, kind of a veteran uh, now that the cannabis industry is still so young. Uh, before that, I was in software marketing just in the healthcare side. I was the marketing director for an electronic health record company um, that produced EHRs for dialysis patients. Oh, wow. And what made you transition into the cannabis space? Uh, you know, really, I was looking for a change. And I feel like uh, most people say they tried to get into the cannabis space for a couple of years. But uh, for myself, I feel like, honestly, the cannabis space uh, found me. It was just uh, an opportunity that I saw to work for a great company that had been around. And uh, really, I was looking for a culture that uh, suited my lifestyle. And so I've certainly found that with uh, Biotrack and Helix in general. I love the people that I work with and love what we do for the industry. That, that, I, I love to hear that. You know, that's uh, always a great feeling when, when you found the right company for yourself and especially getting into this industry. It's uh, it's no it's not easy lasting in cannabis. So, you know, good, good for you uh, and sticking with us. Um, so, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about what makes Biotrack unique uh, in comparison to others? Absolutely. So uh, I feel like most people uh, in the cannabis industry have certainly heard of Biotrack, but what they may not have heard of is our parent company, Helix Technologies. So uh, we have uh, a line of four service products that we offer, Biotrack obviously being the most popular, but we also offer a line of digital security. Uh, we have uh, an online hemp and THC exchange, and then uh, data analytics products. So the fact that we are able to take uh, the technology and the data that we have and combine them into one 
uh, solid place for for really dispensary owners and any plant touching business to go and be able to have the critical infrastructure services that they need to run their business and make uh, business decisions intelligently really sets Biotrack and Helix Technologies apart as a whole from our competitors. So, uh, Justin, in terms of that point of sale, seed to sale market, you know, what do you see as the dynamics there? Because, uh, you know, as we, we've studied that market through our research where we try and find out from license holders what software they use. And, you know, I'm curious sort of what dynamics you see at play there, especially as, you know, m- more companies have tried to come into that space, but not all have been successful. Great question, Ed. Uh, and you know, it's funny, and in, uh, inside of the cannabis media software, uh, whenever you go through the licenses, you can see uh, you guys have a filter for four point of sale software. And uh, I'm always amazed every time I, I click that open, you know, I think the last time I checked, there's more than 100 that you guys have listed in that database. So uh, certainly a very competitive landscape. Uh, you know, the one thing that I'm not sure people understand is the grasp that the big uh, five competitors hold. I mean, I believe, uh, I think you guys uh, were part of a, a study that was done that, uh, you know, five companies control 80% of the marketplace. Uh, and so for new companies that are coming into the space, it's extremely hard for them to break in. I mean, uh, especially if they're trying to compete, uh, you know, on price in certain markets, certainly price is a, is a factor, but people want reliability. Uh, you know, their licenses are at stake. Whenever you're talking about seed to sale and point of sale systems, if you don't um, you know, if you mess something up, you can be out of business the next day in certain states. So uh, certainly compliance is uh, a key factor that we put into every decision that we make when it comes to the Biotrack software. Oh, that makes, oh, that a, makes lot a lot of sense. Now, one of the other things that I think Biotrack is specifically known for is you have some of the state contracts where you actually work with the regulator. So you're on the regulator side, you know, helping those license holders in those states comply. So I'm curious, you know, how does that factor into your strategy and, you know, what, what does that mean for your business? Because I would think it it's sort of a, it's like a blessing from the government, like, hey, these guys are good. We trust them to handle our side of it. That's exactly right, Ed. And, you know, working so closely hand in hand with the governments where we do hold the state contract, we uh, certainly have an upper hand in understanding, you know, what new regulations are going to be passed down so we can get ahead of the coding and make the changes in our system necessary so that uh, really the workflows of our customers don't change uh, and they stay compliant. you know, I think it's important for uh, people who don't understand exactly what the going back to that compliance piece, basically, you know, making sure that you stay ahead of the regulations and so that your customers do stay compliant is, you know, certainly the the only way to stay ahead of the game. Yeah, it yeah, is it, very true. Some of the research that I've been doing is to look at who connects to these state level systems sort of across the landscape. And so far I've identified 300 companies that connect to uh, some of the larger uh, stateside uh, software vendors. And, and it's all about compliance. I mean, it, it's really pretty pretty amazing how, how far and wide uh, that goes. Um, once again, going back to, to, to Biotrack, it, I'm curious, you know, sort of what's next for you guys and, 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 you know, what new product launches have you been involved with um, and any new initiatives that are coming that, uh, that our listeners might like to hear about? 
Yeah, absolutely. So obviously we're always hard at work trying to stay ahead of the market and give our customers the best products that we can possibly put out. Uh, one thing that we're extremely excited about is the new Canalytics product. It's basically uh, business intelligence and data analytics that plugs into the back end of the BioTrack system. And what it does is it really gives dispensary owners and managers uh, the data that they need to run uh, efficient, uh, efficient and more, I, I guess, it just gives them the ability to use data to make better business decisions is what I would say about that. So we've only had that out now for a couple of months and we just put out some news that we just crossed over the 100 customer threshold. So uh, we're seeing really good market adoption for that product and we're really excited about where that's going. So, so, so Justin, um, I'm curious, um, I'm curious who, who on the client, the client side, side uses that? Is that, is that, that you know, the chief, you know, the chief operating, operating officer? Is it the dispensary owner? Is it everybody? Because it's a dashboard they can all you know, how, how do they interact with uh, what sounds to be a pretty powerful platform? Absolutely. It's a web-based platform. And uh, what we're seeing is it's the managers, it's the COOs, depending on the size of the dispensary. Uh, and what it does is it basically gives them the data that they need to make business decisions. So, for, for example, uh, one of the features that it has is uh, suggested reorder time. Now, most of the time when you're talking about inventory management, uh, you know, most dispensaries will just sit set a minimum number and when you inventory gets to that minimum number uh, you know to reorder with the canalytic system it uses business intelligence and um, data analytics to look at the sales of the past two to two weeks to 30 days uh, and based on the amount of units that are selling out of that product uh, it will give you a custom reorder time. Uh, so that way you know exactly when to reorder so that your money is not tied up in inventory that's not moving. Uh, and that's just one of the great features that it comes along with that product. It's kind of like an Amazon dash button for, for supplies. So uh, re really tailored to your own needs. So that sounds that sounds great. And I can imagine very useful, especially in, in this market. Um, one last question I wanted to dig into, just sort of as you look at Biotrack, what's been the biggest achievement that you've seen while you've been there. Yeah, so we uh, certainly are proud to be named the 32nd fastest growing technology company by the Deloitte Fast 500. We got that honor uh, just a couple of months ago. Uh, and it's important to note that that's not just in the cannabis space. You know, there's a lot of big names on that list. And to be named 32nd uh, is certainly uh, an honor that we take pride in and uh, want to continue to move up on that list. Wow, congratulations. wow, congratulations. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a great, great honor. Thank you. Yeah, that really is. I mean, everything you guys were, you were just sharing about, you know, Canalytics and, uh, you know, kind of the, where Biotrack has been. You know, I've been following you guys for, for years and, you know, kudos to you. That's uh, It sounds like such relevant and important data for, for teams to know about. Um, but switching gears here a little bit, Justin, I wanted to learn a little bit more about some of the ways that you and your team utilize cannabis media. Um, how does our tool compare to, to other sales tools you used before? And, and yeah, what, what are some of the ways that, that you, you use it? Well, certainly I am a huge fan of cannabis media, and I can certainly say that I can directly attribute some of uh, not only Biotrack's success, but Helix Technology's success as a whole uh, to the tool that you guys provide. 
primarily uh, as the marketing director, I use the tool for the email capabilities. You know, without you guys, I would not have the ability to reach license holders in states that are not our customers. I just wouldn't have a means of getting in front of them with our message. So uh, primarily I use the tool for the email marketing capabilities. But uh, most recently, uh, I've certainly started using the data that you've been putting out, uh, specifically you, Ed, uh, in the Can of Curio blogs. You know, the information that you guys put out in those Can of Curio blogs drives the decisions that I make uh, in marketing uh, as to what states I need to be reaching out to, uh, who I need to be sending what messages to. So uh, really taking the program as a whole and putting it together has certainly been a wonderful and powerful tool for us. That's great to hear, especially like, you know, for a while, Missouri was a, a hot spot and we had to remind some of our clients that there were over 3,000 applicants there. Not every one of them was going to get a license, but for you to have a dialogue to reach out to them to say, hey, have you made your compliance software solution yet? Or how are you going to co co connect to the to the state system? It's a great way to start to build up that awareness of, of your product. And you know what? The same will be true with um, West Virginia as their program gets rolling. Not all those folks are going to get licenses, but I think with the list we've boiled down to, the ones that have stacked them up are probably going to walk away with at least one. That is some great feedback. Thank you so much for that, Justin. Now, are there any other tips or tricks that you'd like to share with our subscribers uh, in terms of the ways that you use the, the cannabis media platform? Yeah, so I guess one, one thing that I would share is uh, just make sure that you know your audience. You know, emailing someone in Oklahoma is not going to have the same message or the same tone uh, as emailing someone, let's say, in Oregon or in, in another established market. So just understand that where these people are at uh, along their journey uh, for opening up their business. You know, if, if you're emailing just blanketed emails across all 50 states, you're not gonna get the results that you're looking for. But if you really take the time to understand where people are at uh, and the messaging that they need to hear, uh, I think you're gonna find a lot of success with the email marketing tools, uh, you know, especially the ones that you guys use. And the platform that you guys have makes it so easy to segment. I mean, you have so many different filters that you can use to segment the licensees lists. Uh, it really is user-friendly and I certainly do love the email builder. Uh, you know, a lot of companies that specialize only in email marketing don't come close to having the versatility that you guys have in the email builder. So certainly thankful for that. Well, that's great. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate those uh, tips and, and, and guidance. So taking a step back one of the things we'd like to ask our guests are you know what kind of trends do they see at play in the industry now i mean we're sort of in the middle of uh, quarantines nationwide and globally that's one that is uh everybody's dealing with but I'm just curious you know what you see from the unique spot that you have at biotrack yeah, it's, it's interesting. So obviously I have uh, been in a little less than a year in the cannabis industry, but what I see is that states that aren't, uh, don't have legalization yet, whether it's on the medical or recreational side, certainly have a lot of models to look at that uh, Washington and Colorado and those early adopter states didn't have. So I think that there's a lot of data out there, a lot of data that you guys highlight um, that allows states that are thinking about bringing on medical or recreational, um, they can see how it's been rolled out, what's worked, what hasn't. And I really think that they're going to be able to use that data uh, to find a program that works for the residents of their individual states. 
Yeah, I would agree. I, I think this notion of the next state watching the last state really makes a lot of sense. We saw that in Pennsylvania, seeing what happened in Maryland where they didn't have enough minority representation. I think we saw it out in Illinois where they look back in Massachusetts and everybody you know, taking trips out to Colorado to see what it's like there. Um, it, it does provide some good kind of imprinting, I think, for the states that, that follow. And uh, you know, there's still more states out there that are now contemplating these programs. So we'll definitely see how it, uh, how it plays out in the long term. Only time will tell, Ed. Only time will tell. Well, thank you so much to Justin for coming on the show. Uh, We really appreciated the opportunity to get to learn more about you and to get to learn more about Biotrack. So thank you so much for for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me and thank uh, Cannabis Media for putting out such a great tool and uh, for you guys for the Cannacurio blogs. I'd say uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, Justin. We will. Now, looking ahead, let's check back in with Ed to see what he's got for us in the upcoming weeks from the Data Vault. Ed? So there's two things that uh, the team's working on right now. One of the most important is what I call hemp season. So a lot of the hemp programs expire at the end of the year. So December 31st, the licenses are over. Some states allow for renewals, some don't. What we found is it's best to go right to the regulator and get new information sort of en masse. So we're embarking on that. Actually, we have a lot of requests out now, so they're pending because it's an agricultural crop and it's farming season in a lot of places. So people want to start getting their seeds in the ground, you know, usually by April, uh, depending on where they are locally. So um, that's a big focus of the team. So we hope to get a lot of new information in and we'll be working to assimilate you know, if that license is a renewal from last year's, great. If it's a brand new license because the old ones have expired, we'll manage those as well. And the other piece that I'm working on, and this is sort of a long-term project is, as I referenced before in our conversation with Justin, that there are a lot of vendors that connect into these state systems. I found 300 so far, and they fit in a lot of different categories, financial compliance, seed to sale, point of sale, ERP, There's just a lot of vendors out there, and it's just fascinating to see which states they're in. In some cases, the vendors only connect to one state, so they're what we call sort of a one-state wonder versus those that connect to every single state that that we can find data for, which right now is probably about a dozen. So I'm hoping to do a lot more on that uh, in terms of sharing that information and that analysis. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to diving in a little bit deeper to the vendor data, so can't wait for you and the team to publish it. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on the Canacurio podcast today. We're your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. Stay tuned for more updates from the Data Vaults.